of commitment, and when you do stay in one place, you become emotional and defensive, just like me. Tessie, honey, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was contagious. <laughs> there is a valuable gift for you in one of my bags. Aunt Sunny, why don't you have any suitcases? Because your grandmother, Rita, told me that only crazy people travel with shopping bags, so I've made it my personal signature ever since. <laughs> Here it is. This God will destroy all evil and bring you hope, rebirth, and a lifetime guarantee that under no circumstances will you grow up to be like me. <laughs> Why does it have so many arms? It's very versatile. Its name is Shiva the Destroyer. I found it on Elephant Island off the coast of Bombay yesterday. A hot tip for where to shop in the Indian Ocean. Aunt Fanny? Niece Tess. Can I give this to my mother? She's in desperate need of hope and rebirth. I think she's perfectly content to relive her life through me. Good news, good news. Nick Pym's coming to dinner. You know, Mother, there are homeless people sleeping under Charing Cross Station. Do you think Nick Pym would prefer to have my birthday dinner with them? Mother, I, I just don't think it's right to have bourgeois dinner parties with capitalists like Nicholas Pym when people are living in boxes under Charing Cross Station. Fanny, hasn't Tess grown up brilliantly? Mother, now you're the one diverting the argument. I don't know how it happened, but I have been blessed with a totally beautiful and brilliant daughter. My daughter just happens to be perfect. I tell your Aunt Fanny to be certain that sometime during her peripatetic life, she have at least one child because the greatest joy of my life is having you. Oh, Mother, that sentimental revisionist history. Hermia Cox Jones's father says you have the biggest balls at the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank worldwide. Pish, pish. Penny, there's something very New York about your tone today. Well, excuse me for living two times. What do you mean, New York? Well, Tessie, many decades and a continent ago, when your mother was a freshman at Radcliffe and I was still living at home with your grandparents in Flatbush, Brooklyn, a very nice man named Harry Rose called our house every morning. Mr. Rose was the head salesman at Grandpa's Kitty Talk Factory. What's your point? Tessie, Mr. Rose liked to catch Grandpa to discuss the day's business just when the entire house would be waking up. So, every day at 7 a.m., I'd rush to pick up the phone just to hear Mr. Rose say, Hello, Murray, is that you? And then I'd answer, no, Mr. Rose, it's me, Maury's daughter, Penny. And he'd always say, well, excuse me for living, Penny, but how could you recognize it was me? So Harry Rose was New York. New York in a way that has very little to do with us. Penny's the one who's guilty of revisionist history, my love. Fanny's the one who's romanticized a world we never belonged to. I was mistaken. Mr. Rose never called our house every morning. It was Louis Auchincloss. <laughs> you see, Tessie, I told you, Fanny's defensive, just like you. Mother, you have no sense of humor, none. What? You think you're telling me something I don't know? <laughs> now that was very New York. I gotta go. I'm meeting Tom. Can he come to this late dinner, too? Who's Tom? Who's Tom, Tessie? Tom Eunice is the man I'm currently seeing. Tell Fanny more. She's very good about people. Tom's father owns a radio supply store in Liverpool, and he's hoping to go into the business, too, if the economy turns around. That sounds nice. Mother doesn't think so. I never said that. I just don't know what you have in common with someone who dreams of selling radio parts. And you certainly don't have to chase him through greater Latvia. Lithuania. Aunt Fanny, Tom and I are very committed to the Lithuanian resistance, and because of the coup, 
Tom feels that we should be there. Vilnius was once the Jerusalem of Lithuania. You're not being very helpful. There's Penny. also a good restaurant, the famous and traditional old cellar. Also for plays, check out the Central Theater of Vilnius. That way, Tessie, when they send the tanks in, you and Tom can take in a quick hamburger and a show. Mother, that's not funny. I know. I have no sense of humor. Aunt Fanny, would you like to join Tom and me for tea today? Aunt Fanny, don't you think it's just slightly irregular for a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut to find her calling in the Lithuanian resistance? But I'm not a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut. I'm an expatriate American who's lived in London for five years and the daughter of an atheist. This has nothing to do with organized religion. Mother, Tom comes from a perfectly balanced and normal family, which is something you've never managed to maintain, despite being on the cover of Fortune twice. But if you'd like... I'll tell him he's not invited here to dinner tonight with the socially acceptable, racist, sexist, and more than likely anti-Semitic Nicholas Pym. Tessie, please invite Tom to supper tonight. Goodbye, Mother. And Fanny, tea's at Fortnum's at five. Guess who's paying for the tea? I never met a freedom fighter who didn't enjoy a good meal. Fanny, you must talk to her. I did talk to her. She's determined to make her life the opposite of mine. That's exactly what we set out to do because of our mother. Yes, but we were right. <laughs> so, maybe is Tessie. Sarah, stop it. Put my bags down. I'll take them down later. Relax. Oh, look at this. I don't know why Tessie insists on bringing home junk from Portobello Road. I brought it from Bombay. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> It's a Shiva. This will destroy all evil and bring you hope and rebirth. I'm too old. You're not too old. You don't know. You're only 40. 40 is old. Oh, Fanny. I am so glad you're here. Did you think I'd let Dr. Gorgeous show up for your birthday and not be here? Your sister's not just showing up for my birthday. She's leading the Temple Bethel Sisterhood on a tour of the Crown Jewels. But she managed to plan it in time for your birthday. True. You're a good sister, Fanny Rosenzweig. Fanny, God, what an awful name. Why do you keep it? Penny Rosenzweig wasn't any better. Now, Sarah Good, on the other hand, is a brilliant name. Multiple divorce is a brilliant thing. You get so many names to choose from. <laughs> but my second was definitely my best. And how nice that there is now a Mrs. Samantha Good, Mrs. Melissa Good, Mrs. Pamela Good, and as of last year, the 24-year-old Mrs. Sushiro Good. We could form the Wives of Kenneth Good Club with branches in Chicago, New York, London, and Tokyo. Well, never mind. I'm looking forward to you and I growing old together, like two old maid spinsters in a Muriel Spark novel. Sarah, that's beyond depressing. No, it isn't. It could be rather cozy. You could stop traveling, finally settle into the downstairs flat, and grow more and more eccentric, and I could get meaner and crabbier. But I have Jeffrey. Well, he can visit us. He's here all the time anyway. He says we'll live together when his house is finished. That man has no intention of ever living there when he can enjoy the hospitality of all his friends. Jeffrey adds a little texture to your life. I don't need that much texture in my life. You'd be better off getting old with me. Is Jeffrey joining us for dinner tonight? I hope so. Good. Maybe he'll solve both our problems and fall madly in love with Tom and lead him on the children's crusade to Vilnius. Gee, thanks. Indulge me, Finney. I told you I'm an old and bitter woman. You're not old and bitter. You're anticipating an era of hope and rebirth. 
Promise me you'll stay a while this time. The other night I was singing in the kitchen, and Tessie told me to stop. She hates it when I sing now. She says I'm too grown up and scary to sing. Am I very scary? Terrifying. But what about her summer project? She was listening to your college group when I came in. Her thesis is to prove that my early years have no bearing on my present life. Frankly, I can hardly remember my early years. You know what I was thinking about the other night? What happens to the cannibal king after a rumtadiadi day? Sarah, you're speaking in tongues. The cannibal king with the big nose ring. Oh, that cannibal king with the big nose ring、um, fell in love with a dusky maid, and every night in the pale moonlight, this is what they'd say: a rump, a rump, a rump, daddy, daddy, day, a rump, a rump, a rump, daddy, daddy, day. But now what? Um. Uh, let's build a bungalow big enough for two, big enough Betty, for two, my honey, big enough for two. And when we're married, happy we'll be under the bamboo, under the bamboo, bamboo tree. If you'll be M I N E mine, I'll be T H I N E mine, and I'll L O V E love you all the T I M E time. You are the That was brilliant, just brilliant. But you must make the recitative even faster, even crisper. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, my love. And ready. <gasps> you are the B E S T best of all the R E S T rest and pop. <sighs> You are the B E S T best of all the R E S T best, and I'll L O V E love you all the T I M E best. Bravo, bravo, bravo! The sisters Rosenzweig. The problem with you, Penny, darling, is that you just don't like women very much. Oh, that's not true. Of course it is, love. Think about it. Women make you feel competitive and insecure. That's nonsense, Jeffrey. It's all right, darling. You can't like everyone. Oh, and I suppose that you, on the other hand, are open to people of all sexes, race, and color. I am everyday people. Sly and the Family Stone, 1969. Sarah says we should stop seeing each other. She says she and I should grow old together. Funny, my love. All you've talked about since I've arrived here is Sarah. How guilty you feel she was ill. How guilty you feel she's alone. How much you love her. How much you can't bear to be around her. How much you want her praise. How little you care for her opinion. That's not true. All I know is that whenever you're around that woman, you tell me we have to stop seeing each other. My darling, we hardly ever do see each other. I'm always in rehearsal, and you're in Timbuktu half the year. It's a bloody brilliant relationship.、Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my life is stuck. I've forgotten the Italian for window. <laughs> Very good. Three sisters, Act Three. Now, Fanny, darling, see how worthwhile it's been knowing me. If not for me, you'd still think that Uncle Vanya was a Neil Simon play about his pathetic uncle in the Bronx. <laughs> And now, instead, I've had a three-year relationship with an internationally renowned director and bisexual. You left out botanist. I read botany at Cambridge. I also put that F betwixt your name. If not for me, you'd be plain and simple Penny Rosenzweig. Thank you. I have your F to keep me warm. <laughs> for Christ's sake, Penny! If you want to find unconditional love, have a baby.
adopt the red and fuzzy brood of them. Better yet, have artificial insemination. Or you could become a lesbian. Most of the really interesting women I know are lesbians. Just tell me one thing. What do you still get out of this? T-shirts from all over the world. <laughs> Would I be sporting sunset in Penang, if not for you? I've been meaning to ask you, darling, where is Penang? Malaysia. Somerset Mall lived there. <laughs> this is what's so wonderful about dating a nice American Jewish girl. You're also well-versed in British colonial history. <laughs> Fanny, my love, trust me, I am still very happy with you. You wouldn't like to meet a nice man? I meet nice men all the time. I'm a director. I mean some nice man for you to come home to. I've already done that, my darling, and he left me for Rum Tum Tugger. Who? Jordan left me for that chorus boy from Cats. But that was ages ago. Exactly. And then I met you at the ballet, and Jordan became England's hottest flatware designer. He's soon to be knighted Sir Cutlery. But... But what? Do you want to know if I have my eye on anyone in my show? Is it true what they say about the Scarlet Pimpernel? My darling, I am committed. I've signed exclusively with you. Have I told you I've been offered the animated Faulty Towers? I could fit it in next season between the Duchess of Malfi and Oklahoma. On the other hand, my film career is nowhere near where it should be. Unfortunately, movies do mean enduring extended time in Los Angeles. Why don't you have your film capital somewhere more civilized, like Des Moines? Where? Des Moines, Idaho. It's Des Moines. Ah. And it's in Iowa. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Very my angel. I wish you knew what a gorgeous person you are. My sister is gorgeous. I'm not. My darling, I can't waste any more time listening to your negativity and self-criticism. You're becoming almost as self-absorbed as I am. Besides, I'm expecting 200 homeless people who live under Charing Cross Station to arrive here in just a few. To arrive here at Sarah's house? Well, it's not exactly 200 of them, actually. It's closer to a small delegation. And I told them to be certain to ring the downstairs bell and not Sarah's. That was thoughtful. Tell me what you think, my darling. I have an idea to do this year's homeless benefit at the National as a sort of story theater. I want to hear their brilliant voices telling the simple human tale of their survival. The theater's in danger of becoming hopelessly elitist. What's that? The bell. But that's not the downstairs bell. No. What should we do? Let's invite your delegation to stay for Sarah's birthday. Mm. I can't allow these people into Sarah's house. They're desperate. They take things. They deserve to kill us for centuries of oppression. Just relax. Go downstairs. I'll tell them to meet you down there. Brilliant. Just a minute. Hi. Mr. Duncan.